0: Today we're going to take a little deeper look into what I think, what I think scripture says worship really means. We're going to start to take a little bit of a look into what we worship and kind of get us thinking along the right path of where we're going to go. I got a little funny video to show you. Some of these songs you may recognize if you've been in church for a long time, but I want you to listen carefully to the words. This is, this is a joke, so nobody gets offended, okay? So we will start out that way, but listen to the words, and I want you to think about the message that they're really saying
1: when they sing these songs. I will sing of your love on Sundays Only sing of your love on Sundays I will sing of your love on Sundays And this feeling is gone No Shut up, alright?
0: Sunday where we did nothing but worship two out of the last three weeks one was with YouTube lyrics on the screen to give our team a break and then last week was live worship but I have a question for you today when I use the word worship for well, what we did those two out of three weeks so what we do this morning before the sermon Am I giving full justice to the word worship? What do you think? Is worship only what we do when we're singing a praise song? So I'm going to ask it a different way. Is worship more than just singing, shouting, dancing? Who sees Parker dancing around on Sunday morning? What's he doing? Worshiping Jesus with all his heart. But is that all worship is? Good, it's awesome, but it's all what worship is. What we do here on a Sunday morning is worship more than driving down the road and turning on 88.3 or 89.1 or 106.7. I'm sure there's others. Is worship, and we sing to the top of our lungs, sing our guts out, is worship more than that. So I think we've used the wrong word. On Sunday morning, what we do, maybe on Thursday night, what we're going to do this week, it is a form of worship but it's really praise. Praising him with song and instrument. It's not the full definition of worship, right? We're driving down the road, we're at home, and we're singing. I'm tempted to do my buddy the L thing again. I'm
1: singing. (laughs)
0: At least somebody clapped this time. The last time I did, he looked at me mortified, like I was crazy. (laughs) Is that worship? No, yes, it is worship, but it's praise. We're using the wrong word, baby. We're praising our Father, our Daddy in heaven. We're praising our Savior. We're praising our Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And those are all great things, right? Those are all great things. When we praise Him, those are great things. We talked about it last week. What was His name? Somebody spell it for me. Anybody remember the King we talked about last week? Jehoshaphat, the yeah. Christmas spell, Jehoshaphat <laughs> sent out who? The singers. He sent the singers out. And the singers went out singing, and it confused the armies, and they ended up killing themselves. Are you waving your fist like you're gonna punch me later? No. <laughs> <laughs> the singers, singing and praising, confused the armies, so the armies fought themselves. Right, so we know praising and singing and using our instruments is a great thing. But my concern is that we take our praise, we call it worship, but the word worship means so much more than just singing and praising. So much more than music. Worship is deeper than what we do on Sunday morning or youth Thursday or YouTube Thursday nights or singing in our car or singing in the shower or singing on the toilet, or whatever you do.
1: Somebody
0: well, here sings on the toilet, right? Amen. <laughs> <Hey,
1: neighbor. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> However, you praise. <laughs>
0: Praising God is a very important part of worship, but it's not the only thing. So a few weeks ago, God just began to stir things in me because I was like, I love these Sundays that we do praise on. And I know you guys love them. But God just started stirring that praise is something deeper. I'm sorry, that worship is something deeper. I can't tell you how many times, and I love to praise. I can't tell you, it happened this morning. I can't tell you how many times I come home at night, no one's in the truck with me, I pull in the garage and I turn the truck on. The next morning, we get in the truck, and what happens? Parker, baby. They had to turn. What's that? Yeah, that was, yeah I'm getting old. My hearing's a little down or something. And we turned the truck on. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was listening to it that loud when we came in last night. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we played a 29 minute worship song, and some of you loved it, and some of you hated it. Some of you were bored, and some of you loved it. A friend of mine sent me that song. It's 20 minutes from here to our house. I turned that song on, and I cried all the way home. So that was praise, and that was worship, and it was in my car, right? But I just kept going, God, you're stirring something bigger than just praise. There's something bigger to this worship thing. I can stand here in front of you and tell you without a doubt, I love Jesus Christ with all my heart. I don't know if you picked up on that, but I love him. I love him. I have, I have allowed him to change everything in my life. Everything. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I, I feel like I'm giving everything I've got to God That God was saying I'm stirring something. There's more. And I want more. I love what he's doing. I love spending time with him, but God's stirring more. The problem is I had to ask myself the same question I'm going to ask you today. Are we allowing things in our lives to get in the way of worshiping him? I can stand up here and say I love him with all my heart and give him everything I've got, but you know that's not 100% true, Right? And I, or you, and I'm sorry if this gets you a little uncomfortable, really not sorry, but are we allowing things to get in the way of worship, of truly worshiping Him? So as soon as I say that, or as soon as we play this video this morning, many of you assume I'm about to come here and tell you what you're doing wrong today, right? How many of you honestly feel like I'm about to tell you you're doing something wrong in your life? That's good. Well, thank you, John. Thank you for being honest. He, he sings on the toilet and he's honest about his fingers. Thank you, John. I would have expected a lot more hands to go up. But,
1: uh, what was the like question? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being honest. The question
0: was when we played that video, I started this conversation and I asked you a question about Are you allowing anything to get in front of you worshiping God do you assume I'm about to get on to you about things that you're putting before God thank you a couple of yeses (laughs) do you assume that I'm about to tell you you're not worshiping correctly or that you're not worshiping, worshiping him completely or enough Anybody feel like they're about to get in trouble for something they've done wrong? Anybody? No oh, heads went down. That's a good sign. But what if I told you that worshiping him may be more than you realize, and you may be doing it, but you didn't realize you were doing it because no one's ever taught you, and Satan is up there around you trying to make you feel like you're not doing it. So my goal this morning is to explore what worship is so you know when you're worshiping him, what your opportunities are to worship him. The goal is not that you walk out of here not feeling good enough or like you've done something wrong, but that you maybe have new ways to worship him or maybe you're worshiping him and you don't even know. So when God started to speak to me about this, we were on a camping trip and I posted something for me on Facebook, for me. I just want to go ahead and say, when I post something on Facebook that's challenging, it's for me, not any of you. It's for you, too, but it's not directed at any of you. And I posted, we all worship something. Look honestly at your life and evaluate what you worship. It's easy to say I'm a Christian and I worship God, but do you truly worship Him? What comes before Him? Some, it's hobbies. Some, it's family. Some, it's work. I have to be honest, sometimes work gets in my way of worshiping him. I like get so wrapped up in working that I find my identity there. So what do you worship? I got some interesting responses. Most people's responses went to the negative that I was getting on with. Just asking myself a question, asking you to ask it. First response was, man, that's a hard eye-opener. second one said well amen it's my work and my kid someone else said very thought-provoking i'm going to translate that man that hammered me and i'm gonna use a nice word and say that thing someone said amen someone said awesome i wonder if those people that said amen and awesome are asking the question or just trying to deflect the question I love this answer. This is a divine answer to life's hardest question. Most will not take the test, but those who do will find their answer. Mm -hmm. When you're asked a question and asked to look deeper, it's not to hammer you, it's to grow. And if you take the test and find the answer, it's gonna make your life better, right? One person said, great post. If nothing else, this will serve as a warning to a lot of people to check your priorities. It definitely made me take a look at myself. And I want that person to do that, but I don't want them to just feel like they were told they were doing wrong. Ooh, next response says, get off my toes, man. Now, I know her, and I know there was some sarcasm in that, and there was a whole lot of honesty in that. Somebody said, amen, constant heart check i got a super religious answer I'm not going to read. And I like this answer. This person says, yep, if I'm not mistaken, worship is an early term taken from the seas. Worth ship. The one returning with the bounty of treasure after accomplished raids, Longed for, celebrated, anticipated, and loved more than anything else that day. Think about that. Our term, I don't know if that's true or not, but think about it. Our, if the term worship in our vocabulary comes from worth ship, the ship that was worth something is coming back. The pirate ship that's worth something is coming back with plunder on it, with good stuff. And what were they looking forward to? They were longing for the treasure. What if we could put God in that statement? The one returning, Jesus, with the treasure longed for, celebrated, anticipated, and loved more than anything else that day? What if we could put his name? Can you put his name in that sentence? Are you longing for the things you're going to get in your life, by your job, by your money? Are you longing, despite any of those answers, what you're going to get when Jesus comes back? Next person wrote, knowing you like I do made that post hard to argue with. And at first I thought that's a compliment. He's saying I'm looking inward and I'm willing to be vulnerable. And then I realized that's one of my old customers from business days. And he's saying I'm not arguing with the fact that you put work as your identity. Because he saw how hard it worked. He wasn't trying to slam me. But that's where he was going with that. Another response, in studying discipleship, I found the chapter on quiet time very useful. Taking that hour every morning. He's limiting his worship to that hour every morning. Taking that hour every morning to pray, read the Bible, listen to praise music. Keeps me focused on what's truly important all day. Now, I can't judge that. Maybe that hour every morning is what allows him to worship all day. So I'm not trying to read into that. I'm just saying it was provoking, thought provoking to me to say, do we limit our time with God to that quiet hour, that quiet time that we give? So honestly, my concern is when I ask you to go a little deeper on what worship means and what you worship, I don't want you to feel attacked. I don't want you to feel like you're not good enough. I don't want you to get defensive. I don't want you to go along with everything I say just so you'll look better and look holy. But I want you to stop and do a gut check on where you are. Do you understand what worship is? What are you worshiping? What changes do you need to make in your life? You know, after posting that, I literally had somebody come up to me in person. Came up to me in person. Said, I thought that was about me. I thought that was about what I'm putting my time into. He said, no, it was about me. It was about my questions for myself. I just thought I'd share them. So this person read my post and immediately thought I was calling them out on something I've never, ever talked to this person about. You know what I wanted to say? Don't be so defensive. Not everything's about you if you got that defensive about what I posted about me, maybe that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, and maybe you shouldn't get upset or frustrated with me. Right? I'm actually a pretty vulnerable person. I stand up here and gut myself. Any of you who know my testimony, I use it all the time, and I'm not scared to tell how Jesus fixed a broken person to glorify Him and to give you hope. So I'm a pretty vulnerable person, so it's a little bit of a stab at me when i post something and you automatically think it's about you right okay so i know this is a little challenging right now i promise it's going to get better in here in a minute but when i post stuff that i'm thinking i'm struggling through i'm trying to maybe challenge bring you along with me you know i take the verse in revelations very seriously revelations 12 11 says and they have defeated him who's him satan they defeated satan By the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. We always want to talk about the blood of the Lamb, but what about the testimonies of us? We're all broken people. We've all had to use Jesus to overcome something. Some of us more than some of you others. But he will be glorified when I tell my testimony, when I tell you what I'm struggling with. And Satan's defeated, right? But sometimes when I share my struggles or when you challenge someone to look inward. They get defensive. So I want to make it clear as we go through this today. I know this is a little rough right now, but I want to make it clear. I hope you'll realize I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm not trying to call anyone out. This isn't directed at anyone. And I'm sorry. I am sorry if a spiritual leader in your past has done that to you. I think that happens we're called out, we're singled out, we're told, we've done wrong, it creates hurt. We don't know how to forgive that person and we project it onto other people whether that's a pastor, a friend, a spouse, a sibling, a parent, etc. Right? So I'm asking you to listen without hurt, without condemnation, and I'm asking you to look inward without being defensive. I'm sorry if you take conviction and turn that into attack on people. Because that's easier to deal with, right? It's easier for me to attack someone who's challenging me than to look inward. So I know this is a long intro, but I'm just going to be honest with you. God didn't place us in this church to like play patty cake and drink baby milk.
1: Paul
0: said, get off the make baby milk and eat adult food. Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to eat adult food. Yes. Okay? My responsibility is to take the bottle out. I know it sounds harsh, and give me, but someone once said sometimes when you take the baby bottle out, the man makes the baby cry. I'm asking you to start taking the adult food. My responsibility is to give it to you in a manner that you can't easily eat it and digest it, right? Our goal is to build an army to fight the enemy, to equip each of you to fight Satan and his evil angels not fight the person that is trying to help. So today I'm asking you to look inward, take a look at your life honestly, don't get defensive, and let's talk about what we worship. So I'm going to define my definition of worship with three questions, three things I want you to evaluate, and I'm going to put those up on the screen. Where do I spend my time, number one? Number two, where do I spend my effort a lot of times you want to want time and effort together. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. They're similar but separate. And where do I spend my money? I think if you chase where you spend your time, where you spend your effort, where you spend your money, you might start to realize what you worship. But I'm asking you to bear with me again. Because I might tell you today that where you spend your time is okay and you think it's not. I might tell you that the effort you give is okay. I might tell you that things you're spending your money on is okay. So just bear with me. I promise. asking you again if the Holy Spirit convicts you, don't get mad at me. What if we define this and you find out that you're worshiping God a whole lot more than you realize because no one ever took the time to explain to you to prop you up. Maybe you're doing great. Maybe you're worshiping God with everything you do in your life, but the enemy's the one holding you back. Where do I spend my time? Where do I spend my effort? Where do I spend my money? Maybe a better question to add on to that is, does the answer to these questions benefit the kingdom of God? Where I spend my time, does that benefit or build the kingdom of God? Where I spend my effort, does that build or benefit the kingdom of God? Where I spend my money, does that build or benefit the kingdom of God? I think the problem is we look sometimes to worship to be the activity we're doing instead of the motivation behind the activity. So my goal this morning is to try to shift that a little bit. I want you to look at why you do something, not what. I want you to look at the motivation behind the activity, not necessarily just the activity. If I ask the question of where do you spend your time worshiping in terms of worshiping God, it's easy to go religiously, right? You assume I'm asking you how much time you spend at church. How much time you spend praying? How much time you spend singing? How much time you spend helping the elderly or the widows? And I can go on and on and on about things that look like you're worshiping God. But I'm asking you not to restrict it to those things this morning. Or maybe you automatically go to the negative things that you think I'm talking about oh he's going to tell me that i'm spending too much time in my hobby this morning i can't worship god with my hobby. he's going to tell me i'm spending too much time at the lake playing golf or at the ball field doing other sports maybe he's going to tell me i'm spending too much time doing video games shopping it. what'd you say
1: I quit. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> About her.
0: <laughs> but the real question has to be deeper than where do i spend my time it has to be what is the motivation behind where i spend my time you can do all the religious things that we said earlier right and you spend your time there but that doesn't make it worship. i said last week some of you were here some of you weren't i heard someone once say You can stand in your garage all day long. It doesn't make you a car. You can come stand in this church all day long. It doesn't make you a Christian. So spending time at church may not be worship. But what are you doing with that time that you're at church? Just going through the religious ones. Praying. Praying sounds like on the front end it's always going to be worship, right? You're talking to God. What if I'm only praying to God for selfish things? I heard somebody say, "Is the thing you're praying for gonna help someone besides you?" Or are you just constantly asking God? If I'm going to God and saying, "God, change me. He change the way she talks to me, change the way she treats me." Is that worship? No, because Scripture. Thank you, Jake. Because Scripture says, "Treat your wife as you should treat her," so your prayers won't be hindered. I'm just trying to get you out of the mindset of thinking just because I come to church, is just because I pray. It matters what you come to church for and what you're doing. It matters what you're praying for, reading your Bible. Be honest. How many of us, I'm going to include myself in this question, have ever gone to Scripture to argue with another Christian? Is that worship? No. That's pride. I've been guilty of it. So just because you read your Bible doesn't mean you're worshiping, right? Right? What about helping the elderly? Is that worship? Maybe. If you go help someone that's in need, looks like a good thing, but if you post pictures about it all over Facebook and tell everybody how good you are, all well, you do is glorify yourself, all right? That ain't worship. This week, my father will go build a ramp for an old lady. You won't know about it. Because he worships God by helping and serving others. Now, on the flip side of that, so I'm beating you up a lot this morning, I get it. On the flip side of that, I believe that you can do many, if not all of those worldly things, in worship. You want me to say that again. So we lay out all these religious things and we say it may or may not be worship. But I want to lay out some of the worldly things and say, you know what? There may be some worldly things you're doing that churches would tell you is not worship, but I'm going to argue it is worship. If we're looking at the what, what's my motivation, versus the why, or I'm I'm sorry. I said that exactly backwards. If you're looking at the why I'm doing it, why why am I doing this, versus exactly what I'm doing, you might answer that question differently. I'm going to give you a random example. Ryan and I went to play golf yesterday. How many of you think that could have been worse? Got a few hands. What do you What do you immediately think? Time away from family, money spent on a ridiculous sport that does nothing but make you mad. Do <laughs> you make one good shot that brings you back to the next time? but yesterday I got to spend time with my friend I got to spend time with a man that has walked into this church without receiving anything and invested in your kids in a way that I didn't think was possible what him and his wife were doing not that I doubted them, it's just blown me away at the talent God gave them to do what we accidentally asked them to do. <laughs> My intent was to pay for his golf, to bless him in a way for what he's doing for us, but he blessed me before I could get there. Mm-hmm. Right. All we did the entire time that we played golf was talk about things in the church and talk about our families. Well, we occasionally talked about bad shots and lost golf balls. <laughs> but most of what we talked about involved God. He blessed me. Yes, we spent time. Yes, we spent effort. Yes, we spent money. But I'm going to argue that that can be a form of worship to God with the right motivation and how we handle that day. Now, if our wives had asked us to be at home that day and we said, no, we're going to play golf because we need a break. And it caused me to not come home and be able to spend time with my family because I needed to come home and take a nap. And I spent money we don't have budgeted or he did. Then that's not worship never thought I would stand up here, a preacher would tell you that golf could be worshiped, right? That is not a license for all you guys and gals that want to go play golf all the time. I think we typically try to look at where we spend our time and we look at church-related or Jesus-related time as worship, but maybe we need to look outside. Maybe we miss the fact that we can worship God with our time, our effort, and our money in everything we do. Everything. If we do it for the right reasons so i'm not asking you what you do so much this morning as why you do what you do okay you with me random examples i promise these aren't intended towards people these are things that we see in counseling or things that we have seen in past people's lives that can wreck families or that cause division or whatever but if i spend hours i just got a few examples if i spend hours at a ball field coaching my son's baseball team for example And my motivation is I want to coach them up to win a championship. I want to coach them up to be the best team. Or maybe I'm trying to live out my childhood dreams that didn't come true through my child. Any parents ever done that with sports? Or maybe I'm putting so much pressure on my kid to be the best because they've got a little bit of talent. I want them to go to college and play, and I want them to go to the pros. That's my motivation. I don't think I can ever say that's worship. But I want to take the exact same thing and say, what if I spend my time, hours at the ball field, coaching that same child, and all I do is encourage, uplift, and build up these young ones that are on my team. Maybe they don't have a parent doing that at home. Statistics would show they do not. Maybe they don't have both parents. Maybe they don't have a father. Maybe their father tells them everything they do wrong. But I'm there to invest in these kids as well as my son. It's quality time with your son, plus you're investing in these kids and building them up. And maybe I'm teaching these kids Christian values, like how to be honest when the aunt didn't see if you were out or not. Maybe we're teaching them good values of not arguing when their authority comes in and tells them to do something they don't want to do or gets on to them or disciplines them. Maybe we're teaching them how to pray Maybe no one in their lives ever taught them how to pray, but we pray at practices and we pray at games and we're teaching them Now I'm going to ask you is that same activity worship or not? I think it's worship at that point Because you've taken the same exact activity The same time the same effort probably the same money We answer the second question. What kind of impact can it have on the kingdom of God? Just using baseball, I started with that one because, or sports in general. Statistically, a kid will be impacted more by a coach in their lifetime than their parent. There's a whole ministry built around it. It's called FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. On their website, it says, Coach is one of the most influential individuals in our society. It has been said that a coach will influence more people in one year than most will, people will influence in a lifetime. And they built a whole ministry nationwide off of this principle. So I'm not trying to convince you guys to go out and be coaches. I'm trying to make the point that we can take an activity, and that activity driven by the wrong motivations is absolutely not worship. But that activity it seems like a worldly thing you're spending your time on can be worship if we have the right motivation and we're taking advantage of the time to do the right things. Does this make sense? You might have a kid on that team that's going to be the next Billy Graham. And they just needed somebody to teach them how to pray and teach them to seek out people. And they just needed that little seed planted. And maybe they're 70 years old. I don't know. But I know I can do the opposite if I go there just trying to teach them the families everything. And I want to yell at them and cuss at them. And I've seen coaches do it all day long. Right? Just one example. So the second question that I ask is where do I spend my efforts? Yeah, these two things time and effort are really seem related but they're, they're quite different i can spend all my time at my job but give very little effort i can spend all my time with my children and give very little effort i can spend all my time preparing a sermon for you and give very little effort in loving you caring for you checking on you etc right So I think we do have to separate the two. I think when we do anything, there's two approaches I can take. I can do just what I need to do to get by. And I think our society is full of that. I'm
1: gonna
0: give the minimal effort to get by. Look at what COVID has brought out. Go to a store, go in. People are rude. I'm talking about the people working there. I know they're faced with a lot of stuff, but we've given them a license to be rude right now, with minimal effort. I told Ryan yesterday, we walk up to the place to get something to eat. It's 2020, there's COVID around. I don't know if they're even serving food, because it depends on where you go. And I asked the question of, do you have food? And she treated me like a moron, did she not? Yes. We're pre-cooking hamburgers and hot dogs. I'm like, pre-cooking them? What's that mean? (laughs) Can I actually get one? Yeah, our menu's right there. Minimal effort to get the job done. What if she would have said, you know, I know it's crazy time right now. Yes, we do that food. We're cooking some things right now. It'll take a few minutes for them to be ready. By the way, our menu's right here. If you want to take a look at it and make a decision. Some of us take that approach. I want to do the minimal effort to get by. But the other approach is I'm going to do everything I do to the best of my ability. Either way, we can get the job done. She didn't get fired yesterday. She got the job done. I got fed. The first option of doing what we got to do to get by may be satisfactory, but I don't think it's worship. The second one of giving 100% of your effort to what you're doing, I think it's worship. Why? Because Colossians 3, Twenty-three through twenty-five says, "Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people." That's not real religiosity. It's pretty blunt. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you are working for the Lord. Give effort in everything you do, as if you're doing it for the Lord. And then it goes on to say, "Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward." And that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you've done. God has no favors. I use this scripture all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've committed to doing something to help somebody. And I think it's going to be easy. And then I get deep into it. And I'm like, why in the world did I offer to do this? This is going to take 17 days to do. And I thought it was more. But I've committed. i got to do it right. Because that's the good thing to do and immediately I have to go to that scripture and say, I don't really wanna be doing this right now, but scripture says, do it as if I'm doing it for the Lord. And I gotta go, God, I'm doing this for you right now, and then time starts to pass a little faster, and time starts to speed up, and I've got a better attitude, and things get done, right? I use this all the time. I literally start reciting that scripture out loud, and I believe I can turn a negative thing that has nothing to do with church, and to worship by simply changing my attitude about the effort that I'm going to give. You can ask our sons. This spring, they were mulching flower beds. And daughters. Huh? And
1: daughter.
0: Yeah, all of us do. And what was my message to you? Outdo anybody else that can come and do the same thing. Yeah, you might can make this much money in two hours, but if it's a four-hour job, give it four hours. Those might not have been the exact words, but my goal is to teach them, give the effort as if you're doing it for Christ, not for that neighbor that needs a flower bed mulch. I'm trying to teach them effort, right? There's a running joke now that there's everyone else's way to do it and Jason's way of doing it. I'm not trying to say it in a proper way. I'm saying teach your children to give max effort, not minimal effort. And it can be worship. Whatever you do, the scripture says. So I'm going to kind of challenge you. If I ask you to come in here and sweep the floors, you might be willing to do it, right? Some of you would do a better job than others. But you might grumble about it when you realize this barn's a little bigger than you thought, almost. And you might do just enough to get by to satisfy me, right? To satisfy the request to do what I ask you to do because you're faithful and you're trying to, you know, worship God by serving. But what if it was God here that asked you to do it? What if God said, Will you clean these floors? What would you
1: do?
0: Jacob, get a floor machine. Polish them. Right? I ask you to do it. That God asks you to do it, you do it, right? So what I'm asking you to do is take that scripture seriously. Whatever you do, do it as if you're working for the Lord. And then you will give it effort. And if you don't, there's another sermon we need to have. I'm going to argue that if you're doing it for God, you work your tail off. You'll make it perfect. Scripture says, whatever you do, do it as if you're working for the Lord, not a person. Whatever you're doing can be worship to God if you're doing it with the right intent. There are things in your life that you may never have thought were worshiping God. that may absolutely be if you're giving it 110% based on what the scripture says. Your job, how you raise your kids, how you invest in friendships. I'm going to argue how you do everything can be worshipped if you give it 100%. I'm also going to argue for you young ones, if you learn how to give 100%, it will set you apart. From most of the work field, you'll be right. working.
1: Amen. I
0: guarantee Here's the crazy thing that we missed. We look back, the scripture said, do everything you do as if you're doing it for the Lord. What was the next verse? And you will be rewarded. I think this is probably a good time to say that everything you do, you know, do everything you do as if you're doing it for the Lord is things that are within biblical constraints, not like bad things. Take that and be like, well, you said I can lie. I lie as good as I can. <laughs> Putting your effort into it, I'm assuming, is good things that you know are correct, okay? <laughs> Doing bad or sinful things with 100% effort is not worship, just to be clear. So again, I'm saying this again, but my point is when I talk about time or effort, I'm trying to tell you, I think you can worship God in a lot of areas you don't know need to worship God You just have to have the right effort. The right effort to go with the time you're spending. Another way to say it is our worship is not limited to what we do in church. It's not limited to what we do at home reading the Bible. It's not limited to what we do singing and praising. It's not limited to how we help others. Everything that we can do. Those are all incredible things, and I want you all to do those things. That's investing in a relationship with God and growing. There's so many other ways you can worship God. I'm gonna call out a few people that have helped us lately. That I want to make sure they know they're worshiping God by helping us this week. Miss Karen, Miss Karen came out here on a hot day. She stood in the hot sun, sweating, and she polyurethane benches. That's time, and that's effort. And I walked out there when she was when she had to leave, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe she got so many done." Did you realize that was worship? She came to serve. She came to help us because she loves us and she cares about us. But that was worship. She worshipped God by polyurethane, taking a paintbrush, and spreading polyurethane. That was worship. Friday, Elijah came out here and he swept with a broom, a giant mess that we made. He gave us his time. He gave us his effort. Worshipping God. A few weeks ago on a Saturday, many of you came out here and gave up your Saturday. We've talked about that before. You gave up your Saturday. You gave up your time. You gave your effort. It was hot. You probably didn't understand some of the projects we had you working on, but you worshipped God by your time and your effort. I already brought up Manny and Ryan. They give their time and their effort and their money to the youth, to the church, to raise up your kids the next generation, the remnant. They're giving their time and their effort to college girls that are in this room who are then investing in your kids. Time and effort. They are worshiping God in everything they do. All of that is worship. Let's get away from specific people. If you're spending time and learning what your spiritual gifts are and you're giving effort to find ways to use them, not in the church, at home, in your job. At Walmart, you're worshiping God. Months ago, when we were doing some of this landscaping stuff, Peyton Parker call, and I went to Home Depot to get some papers. And we bought way more than would fit in my truck. I mean, who knew that if there were three carts to get them out, they wouldn't fit in one truck. <laughs> and while I'm griping and groaning and trying to get them loaded and figuring out if we're about to break the truck, Peyton or Parker wanted in caller somebody looked over and saw an old lady going out to her truck, and she had a push car and she had mulch or something and that lady had to be 70 or 80 years old. There's no way she's going to lift a 50 pound bag of mulch into her car. And they ran over there to help her. Mm-hmm. That's worship. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, if you spend time on spiritual gifts or helping others and you have the wrong motivation to get attention to people that's not worship. If you're serving a coworker, a friend, somebody outside of the church, a neighbor, it's worship with the right motivation. But if you're doing it to look good and prop yourself up, not worship. If you're doing it for a favor in return, not worship. And you know, I was just thinking about the families in our church. We are blessed with a lot of kids. A lot of you families have a lot of kids. Some people like Andy and Chris took on more kids. And have enough. They took on more. So, what about the one parent that works all day while the other one takes care of kids? you think that person's work can be worship? We'll take Chris for example. He's out giving his time and his effort to make money so that Andy can stay home and take care of kids. I'm gonna argue all day that's worship. So I use her as an example of the other side. Because he's doing that, she's spending her time and effort raising and kids. Two of her own, three that are on her own, and she didn't have to. That's worship. Many of you, you're standing with your four or five kids. That's chaos, right? It's chaotic at times. It's exhausting, but I want you to be motivated when you're doing it, when you're giving your time and effort, and you're doing it for the right reasons. It is worship to God. Our worship team, they come in here on Tuesday. They practice. it's praise, but they're giving up their time and they're giving their effort, that's worship. It's not just Sunday morning, it's other times. Beverly's putting together songs, putting together lyrics so the worship team can work. She's putting her time and her effort, that's worship. I'm going to switch gears a little bit I'm going to ask you, when we're talking about effort, don't get wrapped up into thinking you got to go wear yourself out on something because the question becomes, is rest worship? When you rest, is that worship? I don't mean going to sleep, but I mean when you sit back and rest. Is rest worship? God wants us to rest. It's a command that we rest. Satan wants to wear us out because we're giving all of our time and effort in trying to worship, but we're worn out. What happens when you're tired? When you're tired is when you probably do the most simple things in your life. That's when failures happen. That's when you bark at your kids when you didn't need to. That's when you go back to an old addiction you didn't need to. Right? So I'm going to argue that God wants us to rest, and it's worship when we rest. Now, Satan wants to turn your rest into laziness. That's not worship. I'm just trying to give some examples. I think when we rest, and I'm I'm terrible. I'm preaching to me on this. When we rest we're going to be able to give more time and effort to areas of worship. Okay, so third and final question, where do I spend my money? Do I really need to explain this one? Are you squirming? Everybody's attention came up, they got real quiet. Pen drop. Follow your money, start looking at the time and effort they're associated with your money, and then you can start to evaluate if that's worship or not. I'm going to go back to Ryan. Ryan spent his money on golf yesterday, right? Couldn't he have given that to the poor? Couldn't he have given that to the church? Couldn't he have given that I give you some religious things he could have done with his money? I'm going to argue that him spending his money on us spending time together was worship. But it would be easy to say, man, that money could be used for something else, right? There's a flip side of that. Just spending all of his money and they can't eat because he's going to play golf all the time. That's not worship. But how can I possibly say that him spending money on us doing a leisure activity could be worship? I think there's a biblical reference In Matthew 26, I'm going to read the whole thing. There's a story about a woman, and she came with very expensive oil, and she poured it on Jesus' head. And the disciples said, now, why did you waste that oil? We could take that oil and sell it and give, go feed the poor. Jesus said, you don't understand. It wasn't about the oil, it wasn't about the money, it wasn't about the poor. it was about her motivation of recognizing what she was doing in that moment. She was worshipping her Savior by pouring that expensive oil. Yes, there are other things she could be done, but we have to get out of this mindset that all of our money has to go to the church, and all of our money has to be used for specific things to be worshipped. There are many things you can spend your money on and still be worshipped. Relationships. Don't worry, I'm about to wrap it up. Relationships. Can a young couple pursuing Jesus together, that involves time, effort, and money, right? Can that be worship? Can that relationship be worship? Good answer, Jay. I'm going to argue that those two are pursuing Jesus together. They're going to spend a lot of time. They're going to spend a lot of effort. They're going to spend a lot of money making that relationship happen. But if they're pursuing Jesus, that is. On the flip side, if they're seeking that relationship because they need acceptance, or they are seeking selfish desires, it's probably not worship. It's absolutely not worship. I want to be clear. Wendy and me, we put all our effort, time, and money into a couple of things. This church, this wedding venue, our children, you guys. If we do it with the right effort and right medical motivation, it's worship, right? It's worship to God. On the flip side, if I make this church my idol, it's not worship. If I try to use a power of a position to control you, it's not worship. So I'm just trying to give you guys some random things that came to mind. Um, in the next few weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about more about money. and I know that makes everybody cringe, but I want to say something. We've been doing church for a year and a half. I ain't talked about money in one thousand. We don't pass an offering for it. So I don't want you to get all uptight and cringing. We're going to talk about money. But I think we need to spend a little bit of time there coming up. Because I think I want you to understand what it truly means to worship God with your money. And it's not going to be a tithing speech. I promise you. There are endless examples I can go through. Endless examples. I don't know Jacob very well, but I know that there have been Sundays he's left here to go take care of his grandfather. We've asked him to go to lunch and he said, I can't, I gotta go take care of my grandfather. That's worship. That's worship. There have been times many of you have come here and helped us work and we've tried to pay you because it was the wedding venue and you wouldn't accept money. That's worship. Chris, when you mow yards, do you ever think you could worship mowing a yard? I don't even listen to praise music. You go give it your time and your effort and you're providing for your wife who can take care of four or five children, four children. You have four children. <laughs> That's worship.
1: It is four, right? I'm missing one. And I could go
0: on and off. I'm just hitting them because they're kind of in the front row and I don't want to offend anybody by leaving them out. But there are so many things that you guys are doing that are worshiping you may not know. that, that's harder to do. Right. He just said it's harder to do. It's harder to do his job when his mindset's not right. But it's worship when his mindset's right. Right? So you want to know how to worship? You want to know if you're worshiping, follow where your time is, follow where your effort is, and follow with your, where your money is, and be open to the fact that maybe there's some areas you can worship you didn't even know. My goal is to challenge you to evaluate what you worship, Help you realize you can worship in ways you never never thought you could. Motivate you maybe to make some changes. There may be some changes you need to make, and what your motivation is for where you spend your time, effort, and money. Sports isn't easy. One. I, mean, I know families. I know families that mom goes with one child to Chattanooga for a tournament, while dad goes with another child to Kingsport for a, for a tournament. They're separating their family. They're spending all their time, effort, and money. And they're not spending time together. That is not worship. If I spend all my time staring at social media and vegging out on that, it may or may not be worship. I get half my sermons off all the junk I see on Facebook, so I'm not going to say it can't be worship. <laughs> I look at the dumb stuff people do and go, man, I could teach on that. <laughs> or the fake crap they put out there that I know ain't true about their lives. I could preach on that. So there are times when I think I can worship by looking at Facebook. But how many times do I bed you out on it for two or three hours because i got a little time I need to be resting? I don't know how to rest. So I just stare at that screen and look at stupid stuff and get political arguments, etc. Wow. <laughs> Worship is not what happens in this room. If there is a positive that I can say for COVID-19 in 2020, it's making some of us realize that we got to reset our priorities. What happened in March? You, may, you had to stay home. You could leave your dang house Did it make you evaluate where you spent your time? Did it make you evaluate where you spent your effort, your money? Were you bored because you couldn't get out and do anything? Or did you realize that maybe I could spend my time on the Maybe I can spend my time with God. Maybe God allowed this crazy season to happen in 2020 so we reset some priorities and worship Him more. Our normal got shook up, so I'm asking you: if it happened, you don't put back into your normal. Take this time to understand what it truly means to worship God. And we could preach on this a whole lot more, with a whole lot different areas. This is what God gave you for today. So Andy said earlier, I always challenge you. And I don't think I realize I always ended with a challenge until some people brought it up lately. But I'm going to challenge you this week to look at where you spend your time. Look at where you spend your effort or lack thereof. And look at where you spend your money. But when you look at those three things, I want you to ask the question, does it help the kingdom of God? Get out of your churchy religious mindset and ask true questions. I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you for the opportunity to stand in front of these people and teach them what it means to worship God, I want to worship you in everything that I do. So continue to open my eyes. God, to new ways to worship you. Continue to open my eyes to where I need to make changes. And Father, if you show me a place I need to make a change, please help me to drop my pride and worship you by making that change. <clears throat> Father, if we say we love you, please help us to evaluate where we are and what we're doing. Father, as people leave here today, please, I don't want this to be a place of condemnation. I want it to be a thing where they walk out energized knowing, man, there's some areas I didn't even know. There's some areas I'm doing it out of you. Father, help us to understand as we move forward what it truly means to worship you, not just praise you.
1: In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great week.